0: Slavery is the ownership of a person as property, especially in regards to their labour. Slavery typically involves compulsory work with a slave's location of work and residence dictated by a party that holds them in bondage. Enslavement is the placement of a person into slavery. Where does the word slave come from? Well, The English word slave traces its origins to the old French, sclava, that is from medieval Latin, sclavus, which appears written for the first time with the meaning in the 13th century. The Latin word sclava and the Byzantine Greek were used for the Slavic people from late antiquity it is generally assumed that the use of the word sclavers with the meaning of slave is related to the enslavement of Slavic warriors by Otto I of Saxony. Hi everybody and welcome back to the Dark History Podcast where we explore the darkest parts of human history. Hope everybody is well. I'm Rob, your host as always. Welcome to the new episode, The History of Slavery, Man's Ownership of Other Men. The History of Slavery is a large and untellable story, full of tragedy, cruelty, that spans both centuries and continents. Although it's difficult to pinpoint the exact year slavery began, historians can trace the roots of this inhumane practice back roughly 11,000 years. The history of slavery spans many cultures, nationalities and religions from ancient time to the present day. Likewise, its victims have come from many different ethnicities and religious groups. The social, economic and legal position of the enslaved people have differed vastly in different systems of slavery in different times and places. I understand that this is an incredibly nuanced topic and can be viewed completely differently by different people. Historically, there are many different types of slavery, including chattel, bonded, forced labour and sexual slavery. On the surface, this episode may seem a little tame by my standards, but I feel the underlying topic of slavery is horrifying enough. I'm not going to focus massively on the Atlantic slave trade. There will be a section on this, as it is a big part of the history of slavery. But I feel a lot of the other history around this disgusting practice pales into the background, when people of every nationality and creed have suffered. So without further ado, please turn off those lights. Sit back and relax next to the fire for more Dark History. In the ancient world, slavery developed for a number of reasons, including economic necessity, especially in civilization and agricultural economies, where large workforces were needed. Domination was another factor. War produced not only spoils such as gold, but also people to take as slaves, which eventually also became a form of status symbol. The more slaves you had, The wealthier and more influential you were. Slavery in ancient times typically came about as a result of debt, birthing into a slave family, child abandonment, war, or as a punishment for a crime. At the onset, the slave trade wasn't very popular and was certainly not a booming global business. Rather, Slavers would often seek out a buyer who could use the specific skills of a slave, matching supply and demand on a local and personal level. According to historical texts, the lives of slaves in ancient times were typically better than any peasants in the same era, as they had regular care, food, shelter and clothing. Slaves rarely attempted to run away, unless their masters were atypically cruel. The oldest known slave society was the Mesopotamian and the Sumerian civilizations, located in the Iran-Iraq region between 6000 and 2000 BCE. The oldest known written reference of slavery is found in Hammurabi's Code of 1754 BCE, which states, If anybody takes a male or female slave of the court, or a male or female slave of a free man, outside the city gates he shall be put to death. Egypt was also another civilization whose economy also depended on slavery. The relationships between slaves and masters were set down in laws with some restrictions such as slave owners could not force child slaves to do unduly harsh physical labor. There were also no slave markets, and any transaction of buying or selling slaves had to be overseen by a government official. There is also the famous biblical narrative of the Exodus, whereby the Israelites were led to freedom by Moses, with archaeologists theorising that this may have happened in the New Kingdom period, 1550-712 to 712 BCE. This Old Testament narrative is one of the earliest known written records of slaves attaining freedom. One massive historical misconception is that the Egyptian pharaohs used slaves to build the pyramids. This is actually not true. It was aliens. No, just kidding. Actually, the people who built the pyramids were paid labour from all over Egypt. They were actually paid in food and beer. These people were also housed near to the site, as archaeologists have found evidence of the large barracks where as many as sixteen hundred. Or more, workers could have slept together. Archaeologists also uncovered extensive remains from the many meals they ate, including an abundance of bread and a huge quantity of meat like cattle, goat and sheep. Moving on in time, the ancient Greeks could be argued to be the world's first true slave society whereby the majority of the economy was dependent on the slave labour. Slaves made up a third of a total of the population, with the wealthier classes viewing manual labour with a disdain. However, ancient Greece did offer a form of manumission for slaves, whereby they could buy their freedom, or were freed at their master's discretion. It wasn't total freedom, as they were never legally allowed to become a full citizen and the majority were still obligated to provide some duties to their former masters. There is also some evidence of the ethics of slavery being questioned. One such case is Bishop Gregory of Nyssa, who lived in the 4th century CE, who argued that slavery was incompatible with humanity's creation in the image of God. With the decline of Greece and the expansion of Rome, Slavery also expanded. At the height of the Roman Empire, up to 30% of the total population were enslaved, with the majority being made up of conquered peoples. We also see the emergence of slavery used for sport rather than labour, such as gladiatorial fights and large-scale brothels. Slave revolts were not uncommon during this time, There were again strict rules around slavery and even harsher punishment for slaves who revolted. One such case included a slave who killed his master. As retribution, all the slaves in the master's house were executed. Slaves during this period cooperate as skilled craftsmen and women, such as hairdressers, painters and even tutor young children. Rome differs from Greece in that freed slaves could become full legal Roman citizens with rights. Conditions for slaves were harsh. Slaves were often whipped, branded or cruelly mistreated. Their owners could kill them for any reason and would not face punishment. The fall of the Roman Empire led to what is commonly known as the Dark Ages or the Medieval Period. With the decline of the Roman Empire, came a loss of large-scale markets. We do not concretely know what happened to the large portion of Roman slaves. Presumably, with the large-scale loss of the estate of the masters and the ruling classes, the slave prices crashed, or slaves were simply left to their own devices. In Britain, we can see a slow reorganisation of society after the Romans left, and the emergence of serfdom much later. One interesting story is of an English slave called Balthyd who rose to be queen of the Frankish king Clovis II in the 7th century. As queen regent of her young son she abolished the trade of Christian slaves and freed all young children who were in slavery. Throughout the Middle Ages, between 500 CE and 1500 CE, the practice of slavery changed dramatically as global warfare, raiding and conquering spanned across continents. This led to chaos and confusion as the citizens of conquered regions were taken as slaves and transported across many miles to work as slaves for their captors. King Charlemagne, is responsible for uniting large parts of West and Central Europe at the onset of the Middle Ages. This unification came about through war and violence, as many of his campaigns involved taking slaves and selling them to the highest bidder. Throughout his reign, European slaves became widely popular throughout Muslim countries, marking the true beginning of the global slave trade. Throughout this period in history, Vikings were also taking slaves across Europe, concentrating heavily in the British Isles. Additionally, Spain and Portugal were in an almost constant state of holy war between Muslims and Christians, leading to many women and children being taken into slavery in the name of God or Allah. Another form of slavery rearing its ugly head in Europe across this time was the practice of serfdom and this was all the rage. Serfs differed from slaves, in that slaves could be bought and sold without reference to land, whereas serfs changed lords only when the land they worked changed hands. From about the 2nd century AD, large privately owned estates in the Roman Empire that had been worked by slaves were broken up and given to peasant farmers, These farmers came to depend on larger landowners for protection in turbulent times, and swearing fealty to a protector became common practice. In 332 CE, Constantine I established serfdom legally by requiring tenant farmers to pay labour services to their lords. As serfs, they could not marry, change occupation, or move without the permission of their lords, to whom they were required to give a major portion of their harvest. The development of centralised political power, the labour shortage caused by the Black Death, and the endemic peasant uprisings in the 14th and 15th centuries led to the gradual emancipation of serfs in Western Europe. In Eastern Europe, serfdom became more entrenched during this period, The peasants of the Austro-Hungarian Empire were freed in the late 18th century, and Russian serfs were freed in 1861. The Middle Age slavery was also taking root in Asia, as Islamic invasions of India resulted in the enslavement of hundreds of thousands of Indians. One historical record shows that in the year 1001, the armies of Mahmud of Ghazna conquered Peshawar, and were had capturing and enslaving roughly 100,000 children and young people during this same time period in china documents show that royals from the tang dynasty purchased many european and jewish slaves the soldiers and pirates who served the tang dynasty also took countless slaves in raids on korea turkey persia and indonesia as well as thousands of slaves taken from indigenous aboriginal tribes. The story of the Atlantic slave trade is the first chapter in the history of slavery where most of us already have some familiarity. Whether it be from graphic films on the transportation of the Africans aboard slave ships, or your high school history class, Most adults are aware of the origins of slavery in the Atlantic. The first slaves were brought to the Americas in 1619, when 20 men from Africa were brought to Jamestown, Virginia. Historians are not sure whether this was the true beginnings of the legal slave trade in the colonies. Indentured servitude already existed in the region. Roughly 60 years later, via the Royal African Slave Company, records show that the slave trade was booming in the British colonies, and the colonialists began to inquire slaves in larger numbers. Evidence suggests that the main reason for the dramatic increase was the sharp decline in the availability of indentured servants. Despite what you likely know about the slave trade in the Americas, You may not know that the majority of African slaves were concentrated in the Caribbean to work on plantations. European colonies depended on African slaves on the islands to produce their sugar and coffee. Additionally, many African slaves were sold to owners in both Brazil and the Spanish Americas for both the fields and housework. The journey from Africa to the Americas was a horror that many did not survive. The ships were tightly packed, low on food and without proper sanitation. This led to the rapid spread in fatal diseases such as dysentery, fever and smallpox, killing both Africans and the ship's crew. Death was commonplace on the slave trade and when a man or woman passed away, their bodies were simply tossed into the ocean. This was an additional point of shock for the Africans, as they believed that death and burial should be handled with care and honour. Depending on the origin and final destination of the slave ship, this journey could take anywhere from three weeks to several months. Records estimate that between 10 and 20 million Africans were brought to the Americas, in this inhumane fashion. Although many were cast into the ocean along the way, this was a tragedy too horrifying to wrap your mind around. Slavery is an appalling practice that has existed since the origins of human history. Although, at this point in history, liberators were working to free specific groups of people, the abolitionist movement was different as it aimed to put an end to slavery as a practice. Some of the first countries to do away with slavery as a practice were located in Western Europe, around 1500. Many European countries were careful not to use slavery in their homelands, but relied heavily on slaves to build their empires abroad. The next step in the abolitionist movement was the ending of the slave trade globally. Slavers who were caught transporting slaves across the ocean were tried in courts, and those captured were set free. However, there were still a large number of slaves already placed in the Americas, and the profitability of the work they provided made them a valuable commodity to their owners. At the time of the American Civil War, there were more than 4 million slaves working in the United States. 95% of whom were in the southern states. The major political issue leading up to the beginning of the Civil War was the expansion of slavery to the West. Northern abolitionists believed that if they could stop the spread of slavery, they could end the practice altogether. In 1860, Abraham Lincoln won the presidency, and the southern states seceded from the Union shortly after, forming the Confederacy. The Confederate States of America were centred around the preservation of slavery, while the Northern Union was focused on preserving the country, as well as bringing an end to slavery. With a stroke of a pen, President Lincoln changed the war by signing the Emancipation Proclamation, changing the status of all enslaved Americans from bondage to freedom. This meant that although the slaves were still working throughout the South, If they could escape to the north, they would be legally free. Many slaves were able to escape to the northern states using the Underground Railroad. In 1865, the Union regained control of the Confederate states, and the slaves in those areas were formally free. Many of the freedmen joined the American Army and Navy to ensure their free status. Although legally free... The lives of black Americans did not immediately improve. The decades that followed, with the push for civil rights, is a topic which deserves its own episode. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this dark episode. When you picture slavery in your mind, you picture the African slave trade. Poor unfortunate African men, women and children working on plantations. Or, you pictured the gladiators of Rome fighting to the death in the Colosseum. I would wager a bet to say that not many of you pictured the modern era. It is terrifying to think that slavery is thought of as a product of the past, when it's still prevalent today. Sadly, even though the hard work of abolitionists are the world over, The end of slavery didn't come in the 19th century. Modern or contemporary slavery still exists across the globe, often in the places you wouldn't expect. Experts estimate that roughly 40.3 million enslaved people are currently in bondage. There are many forms of modern-day slavery, all of which involve people being forced to work against their will. This can take the form of prostitution, physical bondage, forced labour, human trafficking, debt bondage, or simply being born into slavery. Researchers estimate that worldwide, these numbers break down to 25 million in forced labour, 15.4 million in forced marriages, 4.8 million into sexual exploitation, and more than 10 million child slaves. The most vulnerable among us are always most likely to become enslaved. Women and children are often forced into slavery against their will because they have no other option or resource of which to fight back. Other times, migrants and refugees are sold into slavery when seeking asylum, as is currently the case with thousands of Rohingya Muslims currently working in the Thai fishing industry. Research from Global Slavery Index shows that North Korea, Uzbekistan, Cambodia, India and Qatar have the highest percentage of slavery among the population. In North Korea, roughly 4.37% of the population is enslaved, most of these by the North Korean government who forced them into slavery, even selling the workers abroad in Russia, China and even the United States. In India, modern-day slavery often involves debt bondage, where individuals are forced into slavery to pay off debts, either their own or from previous generations. Anyway, if you could please drop a review on the show, it really does help the podcast out. The more reviews, the more the algorithm pushes the show out there. I want to thank everybody who has reviewed the show also. If you think friends and family may be interested in the podcast, then share it with them. Lists to all socials are below. Also, the link to the show's Patreon is below. This is for people who want to support the channel, but don't have to. As always, if you've been listening for a while, why not subscribe? In that way, you never miss an episode. So with all that out of the way, thank you again for listening. Join us next time for our next episode as we delve into another event and more Dark History.